Hello and welcome back. You're listening to one of the best shows on Blaze Radio, but you already knew that. This is Hypothetically Speaking, and I'm Kirsten Dorman. Hi, I'm Vaughn Jones, and I'm going to become the Joker again. Hi, I'm Gideon Karyuki, and I really want President's Day off, uh, and mostly because we don't have a spring break, and that's not making me very happy right now. I'm Nicole Pinter, and we live in a society. Indeed we do. Vaughn, you have some impeachment news really quickly for us, is that right? Yeah, we want to take on uh, the story that everyone has already heard very briefly. Um, pre former President Donald Trump uh, was, uh, he was not, there were not enough votes in the Senate to convict him, so he was acquitted uh, of incitement of insurrection. Uh, the vote, final vote was 57 to 43. He needed, the Senate needed 67 votes to impeach, um, but the seven Republicans that did vote on this makes it the first bipartisan impeachment vote in the history of the United States, uh, and that's it. You've already heard all of those things, so there you go, and now we're going to do the stuff that you might not have heard. Thank you, Vaughn. And in slightly related news, the social media network known for drawing in supporters of former President Trump by the millions, Parler, has come back online. So Parler had over 15 million users when it initially went offline and is reportedly largely financed by Rebecca Mercer, who, if you don't know, is one of the Republican Party's biggest benefactors. Many saw Parler as a haven for free speech perceiving it to be a alternative to platforms like Facebook and Twitter, which they saw as censoring conservative voices. Just a month ago, Amazon, Apple, and Google cut the app off. Apple and Google saying it was because Parler had not sufficiently policed its users' posts and allowed too many that encouraged violence and crime. Amazon's stating reasoning was more along the lines of Parler repeatedly violating its rules and so the site was cut off from the company's web hosting services. Now for months, the site played host to discussions of violence, hate speech, and just blatant misinformation leading up to the January 6th attack on the Capitol, which I'm sure we're all very tired of hearing about. But according to the New York Times, the day of this recording, which is February 14th, has been the first time since the 10th of last month that typing parlor.com into a web browser returns a page to log in. Though it's currently unclear how Parler managed to accomplish this and host its site on computer servers at all, reportedly the site has relied on help from a Russian firm that once worked for the Russian government, surprise, and a Seattle firm that once supported a neo-Nazi site. So, as we continue to see developments in the story, I think it'll be really interesting to, very, to know how they got this done. Yeah, so very briefly, uh, I think I said this the last time we talked about Parlor. If it is supposed to be Parlor like a private room in a house, it's spelled wrong. And if it's supposed to be the French verb parler to talk, then it's pronounced wrong. So either way that you take this, so like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Parler, um, um, I said this in the chat, um, I would never get verified on Parler. So I don't, I don't concern myself uh, with that silliness. I thought it was really funny that they were like a quote haven for free speech. And then when someone was like, no, you actually have to have rules on your social media website. They were very upset. Um, I just don't see it as a legitimate social media thing. It's going to take a lot to dethrone Twitter. 
Um, and if it cleans up my feed of literal straight up misinformation, then uh, bye bye. I, I just just want to say to take a. I, I agree with a lot of what Vaughn is saying, but I also want to kind of point out kind of a slightly concerning thing about like all this. Like, yeah, Parlor uh, kind of had all of what happened to them coming. Like, yes, they were hosting actual incitements to violence that led to what we saw on January 6th and everything. But also, I think an important question, less important than that, but still something we need to keep in mind as a society is probably the whole, how much power does Silicon Valley really have? And I think that's an important question. Like, can Facebook, can Facebook, Google, and Amazon, who... Who put them there? Do they have the power to pull the plug? And while I, I do think what they did was the correct decision, I think there's a broader, less important, but still important question to ask of, should they be able to do it? Yeah, that's been the question on a lot of people's minds recently. I mean, some have said, well, like you said, Parler did deserve what happened to it what happens next time? You know, now that Parler is back online, some people have said, well, that they don't agree with the content hosted on the site. One positive that can be taken away from the situation is that you could view this as a win for a small site against these giant tech companies. Is this really the one we all want to get behind? No. Is it still important to watch out for monopolization on the internet? I'd say so, personally speaking. Yeah, just very briefly, uh, we live in a society with rules uh, and I understand the importance of the First Amendment. I think we all do as literal, actual journalists. We all understand the importance of the First Amendment, Um, but incitement of violence, you know, not in there. Uh, So don't do that. Um, don't call other people to violence because you disagree with other people's political views. Um, do not do that. Uh, very easy rule to follow or else uh, don't be on the internet. Anyway, let's talk about snow, ice from the sky. Yes, snow, ice from the sky. And guess where it is, guys? It's in Texas, apparently. Yes, you heard me right. I'm talking about snow in Texas. Because it's Armageddon. I mean, February of 2021. So as of Monday morning, 150 million people are under an I- a winter storm warning, winter weather advisory, or ice storm warning across 25 states from Texas all the way to northern Maine, according to the National Weather Service. There are widespread power outages in Texas with 2.7 million power customers dark alone in that one state. Snow was reported as far south as the Gulf Coast and Galveston, Texas. And an emergency was declared in Texas by President Biden. National resources have been mobilized to assist with the already existing state and local disaster response. The snow is forecasted to end in Texas later Monday. The storm is to continue moving northeast with six to 12 inches forecast for large portions of the Midwest and New England. Uh, FlightAware reports that more than 2,700 flights have been canceled and 150 delayed on Monday with 500 more cancellations projected for Tuesday. Airports in Austin and George, 
uh, Bush Intercontinental in Houston were closed on Monday. And apparently 70% of the U.S. is covered in snow as of Monday morning. So uh, the Armageddon of uh, snowstorms has uh, decided to hit just about everywhere that isn't the West, apparently. <laughs> now, I have a question for you, Gideon. How many people do you think are pointing to this and saying, look, global warming can't be real. It's snowing. I'm going to start screaming on air. Um, okay, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about that, that moment, that kind of talk is it's literally a Simpsons bit. And it's so great. It starts snowing. Um, and Homer is like, hey, Lisa, look at that so much for global warming. And Lisa's like, well, actually, uh, you know, the environment can be affected in both, in both, you know, warming and cooling temperatures and, and erratic weather patterns. And Homer's like, hey, global warming or something like that. It's literally a Simpsons bit. And Homer Simpson's supposed to not be smart. So that's a tough one for people out there who are saying that. It's, it's a tough one for people who have to hear it, too. I mean, I had... A conversation way back like years ago and someone had actually tried to use that as an argument for us not needing to take global warming very seriously anyway uh we do have some more very serious news happening i have local news um the phoenix city council progressive candidate painted as the far right make america great again candidate by mystery literature um yasemin ansari who is a candidate for phoenix city council district 7 which is the downtown downtown phoenix basically as well as some extra stuff uh gideon can tell you more specifics about geography um but uh she's quoted as saying this has been a really horrific past 24 hours um the literature reads don't let another election get stolen make phoenix great again yasemin ansari uh despite the fact that she's taken very many progressive stances um in low turnout elections like a city council race which obviously is not going to see nearly as much turnout as a national uh, nationally charged race misinformation like this has a very large ripple effect on who comes out to vote and who they vote for um proposition 419 here in arizona which is supposed to be an anti-dark money proposition uh makes it uh, so that whoever sent the mailer doesn't have to reveal themselves until after the election cycle is over, which will be over in early March. Um, stuff like this is not cool. Um, if you need misinformation to win an election, then you shouldn't be winning said election if you need to lie. Um, I feel very bad uh, for Yasmin Ansari, and I am very mad at whoever sent this mailer, knowing that they don't have to face the consequences until after the election is over. Um, and local news like this is very important. Uh, so keep an eye on this um, and make sure to do your own research and not just based on what you receive in the mail uh, when you vote for things. That's all I have on that. Yeah, just to clarify, Vaughn said I know a little more on geography. District 7 is uh, like three quarters of downtown and stretches all the way out to Levine. So rather you, large city council district. He knows. And he yeah, knows that, th up. this is a very upsetting story. Uh, and then we have one more. I think, Kirsten, is this you? This is me. So now we have a little bit more lightheartedness before we hop into entertainment. And I, I personally found this story to be pretty funny. Um, so over Valentine's Day weekend, the Nash County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina offered what it described to be a special too sweet to pass up. 
they posted on their Facebook page and noted that the special includes what the sheriff's, sheriff's office described as a set of limited edition platinum bracelets, free transportation with a chauffeur, and a one-night minimum stay in their luxurious five-star accommodations. Uh, according to reporting by the Associated Press, this also comes with a special Valentine's dinner, according to the sheriff's office. And I'm sure you're wondering specifically what they mean here, but I'm also sure that you can read between the lines. They are talking about putting people in jail. Um, when they put out the offer, they put it out to anyone whose ex-partner has an outstanding arrest warrant specifically. And I mean, what could make your ex feel more wanted than turning them in, right? Reactions in the comments section on the post were not all positive as they rarely are, but I personally find this to be a kind of tongue in cheek way for an office like this to just have a little bit of fun with the holiday. So it's, uh, it's not sad election news anymore. Now we talk yeah. about this. <laughs> that was that's that's pretty funny if you look at it at face value and there's non-face value stuff that you could go into that makes it a little bit sadder obviously um but at face value that's a pretty funny joke <laughs> like that's pretty good yeah and I, you, I wonder if anybody took them up on it i feel like they should like if somebody did they should definitely post that they should absolutely follow up this is, I think, our when we get into entertainment, I think, Nicole, there's a lot of superhero stuff here. So I know Nicole and Kirsten kind of went ham on the entertainment section. We got excited, you know? This is like our sports section. <laughs> really? Um, I also have the sports section too, but well, yeah. You, so it, it evens out. But me... um, we do live in a society, after all. Yesterday, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer was released. Uh, this is... So the Snyder Cut, I'm sure at this point you've heard about, it was announced like a year ago Anybody? that the Snyder Cut would officially get released. Um, this is because he officially, he originally had the movie in 2017, shot, I want to say half to three-fourths of it. And then I forget what the reasoning was for why he was gone. Joss Whedon took over and finished it. And yeah, we've heard enough about Joss Whedon. Um, my my, my man Joss cringed it up. <laughs> Yeah, and so people are very excited for the Snyder Cut. Um, in almost a weird way, listen, I'm more a Marvel person than a DC, but this Snyder Cut has been hyped up more than anything I've ever seen. When Wonder Woman is sitting right there, not the second yeah. one. The second one isn't good, but the first one. But it's listen, editing makes a huge difference in a movie. So how different this could look with what he shot, what he edited intrigues me enough to see it um yeah I don't what do you guys think yeah this, I, this whole situation has been interesting to me one of my favorite video essays to ever exist is in a video essay called H Bomber Guys Scan Line it's a it's a series uh it's called The Value of Director's Cuts um and it's a, a 40 minute video just about talking about different director's cuts and the value of a director's artistic vision um and in this case I just don't see how it could make it much better especially since he doesn't have you know some of the footage that's kind of necessary the original justice league was very underwhelming obviously dc movies just don't have that same like bite as marvel movies do and they tried to bring in joss whedon to give it that similar bite and it did not work um so i will watch this um 
if you're gonna take the time out to watch a director's cut uh watch the director's cut of blade runner and that's pretty much it you don't really need to watch any other ones yeah i'm personally not terribly excited for this like vaughn will i watch it yes am i expecting very much no <laughs> Um, I feel like this is the kind of thing that it's best to go into with no expectations, not low, not high, just none. Um, because like Vaughn said, there's a lot that he does have to work with, but there's also a lot that he doesn't have to work with. And I feel like a lot of the major issues that I personally had with the plot, with the characterization of some of the heroes and things like that, extra scenes and angles, I don't know how much those are going to remedy that for me. Yeah, I also, I'm very glad that he made the Joker say we live in a society. I think that's just great. I honestly, that I that's going to give it, that's going to give it points for me over, over the original cut of Justice League 1000% because we do in fact live in a society. I think it's a brilliant move by Snyder because I think you immediately get maybe like, even if it's just a hundred more people to watch it, you still get more eyes on it. I think it's a brilliant move. My expectations are like your guys is still incredibly low. But um, it intrigues me enough to watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> That's about it. Gotcha. And speaking of intrigue, intriguing, <laughs> my brain is short-circuiting, but that's okay. Speaking of intriguing comic additional content, see, I'm short-circuiting because it's like I'm in the hex right now in my brain. And Ah, that was a good one. <laughs> I- for myself right now Nicole do you want to touch briefly on how crazy WandaVision is sure so we're six episodes in to a nine episode series I don't believe will be anything more of that if you want to look at it Friday will be the the start of act three and the last episode was the end of act two um fan theories are abundant and running wild everyone Uh, everyone is the devil everyone is Mephisto um Oh my gosh. Reaper, maybe we won't say much more than that. So it was the popular one. Yeah. For clarity, Mephisto is one of the many quote devil figures featured in the Marvel comics, has a major storyline involving him and Wanda. We can't say anything more than that, not to spoil. Uh Wiccan and Speed are here, who were part of the young Avengers um in the comics. Without giving too much away, the latest episode heavily alludes to these two characters from the new Avengers which is really interesting and hopefully a promising development in terms of additions into the next phase of the MCU. Uh, And the new Avengers is also a really cool group and could introduce some very natural solutions to what many have called out as Marvel's diversity problem. Absolutely. It's, I'm so excited and I hope and pray that one day we will see Miss America Chavez on the screen. I want it so bad. Um, <laughs> and, and that's really all. WandaVision, I think, so far has been really well handled in terms of writing. I'm so excited to see where this goes. And I love the attention to detail throughout the series. Because as they go through the decades of each sitcom, it's little jokes and little Easter eggs here and there in the style of how they carry out the quote-unquote normal parts of each episode that really are such delights in my opinion. I I agree and I think everyone's like oh the first two episodes or so whatever but like really they're not. I think it's brilliant and it really upsets me that people are like oh it moves too slow oh it does this oh it does that 
you know, like what normal TV shows do. Um, that worries me for the future of television, just some of the reviews right. the show has been getting, because I think it's brilliant. I think it's well handled. I think I'll say it, it's the best Disney Plus show there is, uh, best awesome. original Disney Plus show. Um, I need, need to finish the season before I can sit, uh, like officially say it's better than The Mandalorian, but I do like it better than The Mandalorian, but I'll talk about that later. I, but like I love it. <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit of a controversial call. Um, it, it might be a hot take, but I'm good with it. Does yeah, it no. have Pedro Pascal in it? If it doesn't, then it's not as good as The Mandalorian. That's fair. That's fair. And <laughs> also, very briefly, um, Pedro Pascal is going to play Joel in the HBO adaption of the adaptation of The Last of Us uh, for a TV series, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. I love Pedro Pascal. For him. Pedro, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Let's hang out. Um, we can talk about movies if you want. Um, I want to just very briefly discuss my Joker moment here um, while we've got some entertainment time. Morgan Wallen has the number one album on the Billboard charts right now. This is my Joker moment. Um, Cancel culture is not real. Uh, The man said the N-word out loud. Uh, And he also got kicked off of SNL because of uh, breaking COVID protocol in October and then went on SNL again like two months later cancel culture is not real uh my guy is making so much money right now um after yelling the n-word and that is why he's making the money because people are so worried about him being quote-unquote canceled that they're listening to his record um it's not that good also just as an objective artistic musical i guess subjective because it's my opinion um but this is my joker moment everyone stop listening to morgan wall and he's not a good person we're just going to make a hypothetically speaking blacklist where it's going to include all of the artists that you should no longer listen to. Yeah, because- last week it was Marilyn Manson and now this week it's Morgan Wallen. They're both on the hypothetically speaking blacklist. Yes, Von Jones said don't listen to them anymore. So that's what we will do. <laughs> we will so- listen to the almighty censor. Oh- <laughs> yeah um there's also a um a hypothetically speaking recommendation list um and it's just talking heads and the beach boys that's it oh and phoebe bridgers and phoebe bridgers of course um <laughs> let's talk about sports because we have like five minutes left um let's do some sports um nicole this is all you until a very specific point where i'm gonna yell for like a minute <laughs> okay i just want to say one thing Real quick on entertainment, WandaVision and Mandalorian are very hard shows to compare, and it's kind of unfair to compare them because they're both both do different things for different universes, but maybe I'll talk about that later. I love both of them equally. Anyways, um, so on Sunday, Michael McDowell, Arizona resident, uh, won the Daytona 500 somehow on the last lap crash after an eight-hour rain delay. They still race this somehow. So if you've been on McDowell for literally any reason, Congrats on your new new yacht, because you won a lot of money. He was one hundred to one odds. Yeah, and he's he's all he's he's the kind of racer who's always in the right place at the right time. But this was his first career win, so he did like he was in the very right place at the right time. But the crash was kind of scary. Glad everyone was okay. Uh, Kyle Busch had me worried there for a hot sec. Um, and this goes to on Thursday is the 20th anniversary, sadly, of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s death on the last lap of the Daytona 500. Uh, Sunday also marked one year since Ryan Newman's horrific crash. And 
if you haven't seen The Intimidator by Ryan McGee on E60, highly recommend it because a lot of the reason Ryan Newman and a lot of the reason the guys yesterday were okay is not only Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s crash, but a lot of the crashes that took guys' life, lives in the 90s. Um, if you look at Earnhardt's autopsy, I mean, the seatbelt was shredded. Yes, he didn't wear like the little, the head things are supposed to now, but they weren't like required. Um, and the safety of the sport has come such a long way in 20 years. It's incredible. Uh, I think it still has a way to ways to go, but so congrats to McDowell. Um, very sad anniversaries, very happy. Newman is still was back in the race car. Um, even last year, but moving on, uh, the Suns are good. <laughs> they, they beat the oh, magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh my God. I've been waiting for so long. Oh, Oh my God. Um, Bleacher Report had the Suns second overall in their power ranking. Second, second. I literally, since I've been like read power rankings age, the highest that they've been is like 18th and they were second this morning. Um, everything is great. Um, my skin is clear. Um, I, I, my, I, my disposition is joyous. Um, the fellas are back. Um, thank you everyone uh, for sticking with me through all of the difficult times. You can join the Suns bandwagon, but it closes after the first half of the season. After the game on March 4th, you can no longer hop on the bandwagon. Um, but um, <laughs> roses, are, roses are, are red. Albums are vinyl. I'm dreaming of the fellas in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and that's really all I have to say on that. Nicole, please continue. I'm very happy for you, Vaughn. I'm very happy. <laughs> Unprecedented. Anyways, I th- hypothetically speaking, has officially jumped on the Suns bandwagon, although I don't know that we need to because we're already in Phoenix. You've, you, we, and we have you guys have been there. You guys have, have <laughs> reserved spots uh, from Thank me, you. the literal leader of the Suns bandwagon for years. We appreciate for it. Years. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that won't be the last time we talk about the Suns. Um, and the college level, they did good things. ASU men's and women's basketball, both won on the same day. Yay, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Uh, men's basketball held on to beat Oregon State, 75-73. Uh, ASU scored 21 points off turnovers, even without Josh Christopher. Uh, so still held on, for, held on for the victory. Need a big run for March. But you know, they're six and ten. Yeah, baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) It's impossible for them to get into the tournament without winning the Pac-12 championship. So uh, everyone, cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. Let me be hopeful on Blaze Radio. The most talented ASU team that I've seen since I've been here is literally gonna not even make the NIT in a year the NIT does not even exist. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hey, listen to Blaze Radio's call of the game for the most excitement you will get out of ASU men's basketball at any point in time. Um, It's whoever's calling the game that night. Can't confirm. Uh, Women's basketball on the women's side beat Washington State 67-61. They held off a late rally from the Cougars. Um, And they've been looking better, too, after somewhat of a shaky start. uh, Also dealing with COVID protocols like the men's basketball team. Uh, Check out state press coverage of that because they know more than I can speak on right now. But both teams won. Very good. Go sports. Go ASU teams. Uh, Oh yeah, the Coyotes are playing Blues for the seventh and final time today. If you feel like watching them, yeah, that's actually Uh, they're officially breaking up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a regular season record for both the NHL and NBA for most consecutive times played a single opponent. 
uh, seven times ridiculous. in a row, which is it's silly, but it's funny. Um, the, the conference system in the NHL is now all out of whack or like the division system that they're doing um, where oh, it's all geographic. So it whatever. reduces traveling across the United States. Um, it's a good idea, but it's very funny when it results in the Coyotes and the Blues playing literally seven times in a row. <laughs> that's they made a very funny social media post where it was um from spongebob where it's mr krabs going like i'll see you tomorrow plankton and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and it was very funny and it was great um shout out to the coyote social team for that i think that's actually all the time we have they also broke up today on social media so sad (laughs) i do have one thing to say about ASU men's basketball and it's less fun unless you're listening to the blaze radio call or unless they're giving out free stuff in person yep so <laughs> um follow us on twitter we're hypoth underscore speaking sometimes we post funny things we also remind you when we come out in podcast format and that is all thank you for listening to one of the best shows on blaze radio and we will see you or we'll talk to you next week Oh, also listen to the podcast for special features. We're doing special features on the podcast now.